Well, hey, everyone, I want to welcome you to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where our goal each, each week is to bring the Lordship of Jesus to life. I have a dear friend and someone who's no stranger to my podcast, uh, Pastor Keith Ducey, who's with us today. Welcome, my brother. It's good to be with you, Dr. Johnson. <laughs> Always good to talk about kingdom things with a kingdom brother. We just got done uh, having an amazing a men's gathering uh, and wanted to follow up. I, I like to take advantage of my friends when they're in town, we get them on the podcast. I know you appreciate that because uh, that gives you a chance to spend a little bit of time with them as well. Uh, but our goal again is to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ to life, which means he is Lord over everything. And when Jesus touches every part of your life, you literally come to life. You, you live the life uh, to the fullest that he determines and he desires for us. So uh, glad that you're watching today. You know, Pastor Keith this morning was was touching on a topic that I think is important for us, you know, to delve into. We're, we just are weeks into the year 2022, and I know this is a great time to kind of put the brakes on your life and to begin asking the Lord for fresh vision, really His vision for your life. And that's what you talked about this morning uh, was vision and why it's important. So. Uh, Launch us into the topic. Uh, you talked. To, I, I love what you said. You, you talked about values and the importance of getting in touch with what what is important to us, because your your vision really comes out of your values. Right. Well, I, you know, we started talking about the fact that I think when you talk about vision to people, a lot of people are paralyzed because they think they've got to have this like romantic, supernatural, mystical, right. complicated. I'm not a visionary. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and they so they look at people maybe like you and me as they perceive as leaders as somehow having some kind of inside track yeah. and uh, the bankruptcy of that is is that they miss the they miss the progress they miss the opportunity they miss the process yeah. of that and the truth is that in the christian life we're called to live on a higher plane above our circumstances yeah. you know when you get down to it our you know, every believer wants to live above their circumstances. They want to live in obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And without a vision, eventually something is going to dictate to the decisions you're making about tomorrow that you're making today. Yeah. And if you don't have clear vision, and the way I define vision today was just simply the, the desired place you want to be. Yeah. And I like what you said. You, sometimes it's not that God just gives visions to certain people. It's sometimes that the people who get God's vision are hungry, and they that's why they go after God. They're asking God, you know, yeah. Lord, what is your will for my life? Lord, show yeah. me, you know, uh, in this particular area, what do you want done? And mm -hmm. and I like that because basically what that means is any of you who are watching right now are, are candidates to, to yeah. move in the vision of God if you're hungry and if you'll seek him. So a vision, as you said, is where we want to be. It's, it's where God's wanting to take us. Yes. Uh, and I think at the start of a new year, there's probably lots of areas in people's lives where they need to be saying, you know, Lord, how do you want to tweak some things, you know, shift some things? Where is it? How can I be farther along mm -hmm. at the end of this year than I am right now? Yeah. Well, God gives you that vision to hook you, not to frustrate you. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't develop some kind of a process and understand how how the Spirit of God works in a man, works in a woman, then that can be intimidating, it can be frustrating, it, and sometimes, again, I think there can be almost like Christian romance in it, like, this is not really how it works. Right. Well, you made a good point, too, and this is maybe, it was helpful to me, I hope it's helpful to you, but sometimes when we talk about getting a vision from God, people get this idea that 
it's step one, step two, step three, and here it's crystal clear, and this is what I do no, next. Not and, at all. And you made the point, in the Bible, that's not what happened. No. In fact, just the opposite. Yeah, if you're going to follow the Bible narrative, everybody that got a vision was confused. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it might discourage people, but really, when you, they ain't, you know, God gives Abraham a vision, one of the first, Genesis 15. Don't be afraid. I'm going to shake. Don't be afraid. Isn't that great? <laughs> that's God, not, don't that's be not a afraid. good story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Daniel says he, he got a vision and, and, and he was totally confused. Isaiah said there was nobody to open the book. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's the norm. It's not, you know, and, and the illustration I used today was, you know, Peter saw a vision that in our minds was pretty clear, yeah. and he still didn't get it. You know, a sheet comes down, there's animals on it, a rise, eat. Peter looks and goes, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so even when the Lord does speak, sometimes we're a little bit dense uh, when, he's, when he speaks yeah. what seemingly is very clear instructions. Yeah. But I like what you said. You know, a lot of times it's an impression or God just gives you like the first step. Mm -hmm. He doesn't he doesn't give you the whole vision. No. And, and it requires faith. And that's why I think the Lord says, you know, hey, don't be afraid. Because because sometimes when we partner, not sometimes when we partner with God, yeah, it's it, we're in for a rut. Yeah. And, but again, if people, you know, they they doubt their vision because they don't know what to do or it's a little confusing or they've never seen. That's the normal in the Bible. Yeah. And historically, you know, the, 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 the biographical figures that we look to, you know, in history, they pretty much have that in common, too. Right. God gives them something. There's a destination out there, but the gulf between that and the reality is pretty deep, and they can't find anybody there to encourage them. So we should not take that as a sign that God is not with us, but God is drawing us. Yeah. Because uh, we don't, you know, I, I talked about being focused on the what and not the how because that how will trip you how would i ever do that how would that ever work for me how and that will trip you up that's circumstantial living right the what is vision living this is what i want to do in fact i think back to abraham and that crazy call he had again god did not even tell him where he was leading yes. he just said i want you to leave uh and i will show you so it was mm -hmm. in the process of obedience mm -hmm. that the vision became more clear and i think that trips up all of us at times in our life yeah. because it's like it can be scary sometimes. Yeah. And I think that, that that's where you went back to the whole idea, though, of guardrails and values. Talk a little bit about that, because mm -hmm. if, you, if you know what your values are, then you can move ahead in confidence, even though you yes. don't know the specifics. Yeah, that's a good point, Pastor Ron. You know, what was we, your point? Well, we, so, <laughs> well, Proverbs 29, 18, that's the famous vision text. Right, you know what right. I mean? Without you know, vision. without a vision, the people are unrestrained. Right. They are, they are, the one translation says they run wild. Right. Uh, the King James says they perish. Yeah. Why? Because they work against the vision rather than work for the vision. So the point I was making was vision constrains you. Vision puts, the, what the illustration I used to say was, vision puts guardrails in your life. And what are guardrails for? Guardrails are there to keep you on the road. Right. You know, and so when you know you have safe guardrails, you, you have more confidence on that mountain road. And, and, you know, I bounced off the guardrails a few times, but I knew they were there. That vision would constrain me. That vision would dictate my decisions and allow me with confidence to accelerate a little bit and not operate in fear, but in confidence. That's good. So that whole idea without revelation, without without a God-birthed picture of of a preferred future, yes, you're going to run wild. You're, yes, you're, you're, you're any single work. It, there's no right decision. There's no wrong decision. I just hope this works. Hope that works. Or I'm afraid to do this because you know what if I fall off the cliff? But that that vision 
will constrain you. That vision will cause you to uh, make the right decision. And I, you know, I talked about not having to make the same decision every day. Yeah. That was so good. In other words, we don't wake up in the morning and have to figure out what we're committed to or, right. or what our values are, what right. our convictions are. Right. If you've already made certain choices, mm -hmm. then that frees you up to do other creative things. You don't right. have to go there. You already know this is my value. This is my conviction. Right. And I use something real practical. I talked about like in our life, we really had a clear word about not getting in debt. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when when there were needs in our family about like, well, we could just get a loan, you know, yeah, put it on the card, like put, a loan, yeah, yeah, and, and and I'm not putting any, but we we had a very clear word not to do that. Yep. So that vision constrained us. I was like, okay, we've already made this decision, so let's spend our energy thinking about something else because we're just not going to do that, even though. We were right there. We were ready to sign the papers and walked out of the office. So you guys, you guys were on a mission assignment. Uh, you were away from home. Your your van starts making, your engine starts making noises. Then you're a mechanical guy. You know that's not a good noise. No, yeah. And you know this thing's. Uh, you're 700 miles from home. Yeah. Three kids, all small, in car seats, <laughs> and you're you're literally at the car dealership waiting to sign a, a note to buy a new vehicle right. on credit basis, yep. as, as yep. we, most of And we had a great deal. The guy was real nice to us, you know, a friend of mine. But but then you went back to your guardrail. Talk yep. about that, because you put the brakes on that deal. I mean, we were literally in the office, ready to sign the papers. Penny and I looked at each other, and, and we just, we didn't, it was funny, we didn't say a word, we just looked at each other. It was knew. like... <laughs> What, what are, are we, we doing? doing? <laughs> we made this decision that we were not going to get in debt. We didn't make the decision we're not going to get in debt unless the motor goes on our van. We just made the decision. But I love that because your, your conviction was challenged because yes. it wasn't that the situation wasn't concerning. I mean, you're, look, you're looking at through the mind of a father, a husband yes. going, I don't want my, my wife and three kids in car seats hitchhiking on the side of the road. Exactly. And, not that, make and that was like the mental vision I had. I had us, you know, stuck in the middle of the mountains in West Virginia trying to get to South Carolina, which where we lived at the time. And, you know, literally that vain imagination oh, was yeah. in my head. Oh, yeah. But we just looked at each other and was like, okay, we're, we have, we already know this is our vision. Right. We're not going to get in debt. Right. God knew ahead of time that, you know, cars don't last forever. So you did you did the very awkward thing because oh. here, here this guy's done his work and he's doing oh, it was awkward. it's a good deal. I, yeah. But you said, wait a minute, this is not the I, heavenly vision. And it was embarrassing because I felt bad because the man had really gone out of his way to yeah. treat us right and had done things. I mean, he had the van, the new van was sitting there. He filled the tank up with gas. And I was like, oh, this is humiliating. Let me pay you for I mean, I'm like, let me pay you for <laughs> your time. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no. You know, because I think you're making a mistake. You're not that van is the motor's going to fall out, you know? He's trying to convince you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was trying to be a friend. I don't think he needed to sell the vehicle that bad, you know? Yeah. But well, I love that because you, you had already, the point being, you, had, you and Penny had already made that decision. Right. That was not part, going into debt was not part of the vision. Right. So that was the guardrails you talked yes, about. Yes, that was the constraint that for helps us. you stay focused. Mm -hmm. And then I love it because when we, God will test our, the level of our conviction. Mm -hmm. Is this just a kind of a casual belief or is this something we're deeply committed to? Yeah. And when you honored God, then God began to honor 
you. Yes. And talk about what happened. Because I hope this, I hope this encourages. <laughs> you know, it's a great story. It. But the point is, even if this story doesn't happen, we still did the right thing. Yeah. So the motor in the van was wrapping. I had a I had a lifter out. I think you know, and they don't heal themselves. Right. But we started from Pittsburgh back to drive to South Carolina. Where we're living and. And we got down the road, and that motor quieted down, and I made it all the way home. Wow. And about two weeks later, the pastor of the church I used to pastor called. He said, listen, a, a guy came to our church. He said he's the father of one of the members that had really been impacted by our ministry. Yeah. And he made this statement to the pastor. He said, your church has more vision than money, and the church I go to has more money than vision. I'd like <laughs> to sow some money into your church. I'd like to buy the three guys on staff. He said, I'd like to buy them all new cars. Wow. So the pastor called me and said, can, can I take this money? And I said, yeah, as long as there's no strings attached. Yeah. He said, if the guy wants to buy you what new cars. And I said, but just my advice would be, why don't you give your cars away too, just to pass the blessing on. And they were all excited about that. And and uh, about two weeks later, he calls me again and says, listen, he wants to buy you a new car too. <laughs> he doesn't even know you. Listen, so literally, if I would have bought that new van on credit, I, I would have lost a big blessing. Wow. And the guy said, go to the car dealer, pick out whatever van you want wow. and buy it. No wow. no limitations. And I bought the nicest van I could find. But yeah, as, as he instructed yeah, you as he instru I was obedient to the vision. <laughs> <laughs> he had a vision of me driving the van, and I fulfilled it. fulfilled it. Hallelujah. Well, I love this because, you know, God's, God's purposes are so much, his ways are higher than our ways. It's, his purposes are always better. Yes. And and you're here, how many years ago did this happen? But now it was so such a profound moment. We're still yeah. talking about it. Yes. And these are the kind of things that I think God wants to do for, for you and, and I right. this year is that we would trust him and stay committed to the vision, yeah. not knowing how it's going to happen. We don't, right. as, as you said, Pesky, we don't have to know the what. Yeah. Uh, the how. The how. We need yeah. to know what. What is it that God's asked us to yeah. do? God will take care of the how. Yeah. You know, some of you know, we, we launched into a, a building project that was largely birthed out of out of a, a great blessing of God, but it was a crisis. It's like we have more people than we have room, and it's not letting up. And so we felt a sense of urgency. We knew the what. We need to expand. Uh, the how, it, you know, we're living in all these uncertain times. But right God now. had already put that in your heart years before that. You already had that plan. When you did this edition, you were already talking right. about that. Spell. It was already in your heart. No, you're right. That's a good so point. So that was, that was something that you saw from a place you were at, that that was coming. Yes. So you and now... Because you went through the first time, now there was a process you could trust. I always tell people, you, you're never going to trust the outcome if you have no confidence in your process. That's good. So when we walked out of that car dealer's office that morning, that afternoon, we had been through enough already, not to that level, where we trusted the process of vision. We knew that if we obeyed God and we stuck to the desired outcome, that somehow, some way, hey, if we were hitchhiking, the right guy was going to pick us up. I mean, if it came to that, right. you know, but, yeah, and, it, and it sounds yeah. reckless, but we knew there were guardrails. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that we could take that bend at 60 because there were guardrails and God would keep us in our place. So, so for you, one, one of the things was, this is not a season. And we talk about that. It's not a hard, fast rule. Sometimes folks go into debt and it's manageable debt and it's a good, it's a good mm -hmm. debt, so mm -hmm. to speak. But in general, we know debt's not good. That was a conviction. You talked about sometimes maybe it's tithing. 
That's not something you have to go to church on Sunday and go, hmm, am I committed to tithing this yeah. Sunday? You've already made that decision. Yeah, I made that decision 47 years ago. You, you also committed to your wife how many years ago? 45 years 45 ago. 45 years ago. <laughs> Guess what? That, that commitment yeah. hasn't changed. Right. I don't wake up every morning thinking, oh, did I change? No. Yeah. That, that, that has set us. There's a lot of people, Pastor Ron, using a lot of spiritual energy, making the same decision over and over again. Yeah. Wasting. Wasting all that energy that could be used in pursuing the vision that God exactly. has for them. And I like that. And maybe that's for some of you, you know, this year. What are your convictions? You know, what are the values that are just non-negotiables, you know, for yeah. you? We had to make those decisions for our church, you know. Uh, we just determined the church is too valuable not to be open, mm-hmm. irregardless of yes. what the situation Great. is. We had to determine, you know what? Yes, we honor government, but the federal government does not control the decisions made in the local church. Those are convictions we have. The local church belongs to Jesus. Um, We give. We sow into missions. We believe that unreached people need to hear the gospel. And no matter what it costs, we need to be committed to reaching people with the gospel. These are convictions. So these are non-negotiables in our budget, so to speak. Marion and I tithe. Um, we've been doing that since from the beginning of our marriage. And again, we're looking at 38 years of, of marriage this year. And that's never been a, something we've ever had to question. Yeah. And because of that, we have seen the Lord's blessing on our finances right. and provision and, and on and on and on. You know, when we launched into this building project, we, we had no idea how much this is going to end up costing. I mean, we do know now, but at the time it didn't matter. We just... We just knew it had to be done, yeah. and that it was God's responsibility to yes. figure out how. And so uh, an important part of your life, what are, what are your convictions? What are your values? And you, you gave a couple of, of really great questions to help flesh that out. Yeah. Maybe share a couple of those with okay. our, our listeners. Well, here's the question, and I do this with uh, especially young men that I'm discipling a lot. If I gave you $10,000 right now, what would you do with that? Yeah. That's a vision question. And I believe if, if you look in your, your, your calendar and your checkbook, your cash and your calendar, that's your vision. That tells you where you're going. That tells you where you're at. Because your calendar tells you what you're doing and what's a priority with, with yes. your life. Mm-hmm. And then your checkbook tells you where you're actually spending your money. Like, what right. are you investing in? Yeah. And the good news is that's like a rudder. So if you want to adjust where you're going, th- there's two easy handles. Not easy. Obvious. Two obvious handles. Grab a hold of your checkbook, your cash. Grab hold of your calendar, and saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna move this to go to the island that I'm destined to be on. This is where I want to go." Right. And I, I like this because I was sharing with some people even this year. You know, hey, be committed to the local church. If you're a disciple and you're involved in the mission of Jesus, yes. Be, where are you on Sunday? That decision is yes. already made up. Right. I don't have to wake up yes. all my kids and say, "Okay, kids, hey, uh, let's pray about going to church." Today. No, no, no. Yeah. We're we're going it's to worship the out. Lord. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I told our people too that we 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 dealt with that as well. I said, "Look, I live right there. I will, yes. I will get here. You yes. never you never are going to ever have to wonder is church canceled for yes. the day. <laughs> One of us will I make said, it." I always said the same thing. I will always be here. Yeah. Somebody will always be here. I mean, if you show up, the two yeah. of us will have church. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, amen. And so, there's been some days where it was about two of us, but we, <laughs> but we were still there. But it's so easy when you already made up your mind. Yeah. Then, like you said, then that's a, that frees up your mind for other important choices. Well, I've read about, you know, all this. I, what, 
I, that's, I'm on to something else. Come on. Now, now the other important passage, of course, regarding vision in the Bible is Habakkuk chapter 2. And you, you, you highlighted some principles this morning that yeah. I think are very, very important. Yeah. One of them you said sometimes you just have to change your, your pers- pos- position, yes. your place. Yes. Talk about how important it is sometimes to kind of get out of the routine or the rut to get into a place where you can just see things right. differently. How, how yeah. do we do that? Well, he says in Habakkuk 2, I will stand on my rampart. That's that's the wall. Yep. That's the high part of the wall. They, right. you know, they built these great walled cities that, you know, the walls were about 60 feet wide. You know, they would have right. chariots, on, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. parties on the wall. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so where's your rampart? Like, where's... You get wherever you're going by putting one foot in front of the other. Yep. Yep. Sometimes it's little steps. Sometimes it's big steps. But where's your rampart? What what is in your heart to do? What do you need to join a ministry team? Do you need to go to an encounter? Do you need to get in a small group? Do you need right. to commit to reading the scriptures every day? That's a pers- that's a rampart. That's a step up. So if you're having vision, you know, fog, take a step up on the rampart so you can see something. It doesn't change the facts. It doesn't change the circumstances. It doesn't change the objections. It doesn't change the resistance, but it lets you see them from a different perspective. That's good. That's how God works in our life. God doesn't deny reality. He blasts his truth through reality yeah. through us. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I I probably relate to a lot of those folks watching today. You, you know, you're raising families, you're paying bills, you're getting up to go to work. Your, your, your week's pretty predictable in terms of, especially, you know, if, you, if you're yeah. the breadwinner for your home, uh, you're going to get up and you're going to go do the same thing, you know, five days a week, mm-hmm. 40 hours plus. Yeah. And it's hard when you're in that routine. It's almost a rut. It's hard to get fresh vision from the Lord uh, unless you do something to break that up. Yes. So sometimes it's going like this morning, going to a, a gathering where you can hear the word of the Lord or you, or sometimes for me, like I like to get away. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long, but get away. You break it. Yeah. Where you're out of the routine and you just see things differently. You're changing your perspective. Yeah. You know, we, we go to, in our NRP network, we've got a national conference coming up and it's, you know, it's in Orlando. So I'm going to get out of Crown Point. We're going to fly to Orlando. We're going to be in a different environment. We're going to spend time worshiping and just and, and sometimes in that new environment on the on the wall. Yep. You see things differently. You hear things differently, and you get yep. fresh vision for your life. Right. And so I would encourage you know if you're married, uh, get away with your wife for a couple of days. Uh, get a babysitter. Get away from the kids. Mm-hmm. Go spend t- some quiet time away with just the two of you and the Lord. Uh, and, and ask the Lord, sometimes just in the change of that routine, there's fresh vision and perspective that's going to come into your life. So that's important. A couple of other principles you hit on from that chapter. Well, we, we talked about uh, and how I will respond when he speaks to me. Right. And we have to believe that God wants to speak to us. Yeah. We don't have to have a great voice. We don't, you know, I, I like getting a prophetic word, but God mostly speaks to us through the scriptures. Yeah. And I am a man that has had, by God's grace, a number of supernatural encounters in 45 years of ministry. Yep. And, and I was going to say, too, and we should expect supernatural yeah. encounter. You know, you yeah. know, we're not minimizing the Holy no, Spirit. No, not at all. But we're just saying, you know, every morning you wake up, there's yeah. not like an angel in your bedroom waiting to greet but you. But you can have valid vision without having those things. Right, right. Okay. 
a matter of fact, when you get those things, you ought to be nervous because God's really got to reinforce something that's going to be hard. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great point. If, if there has to be a supernatural, out of the ordinary encounter, yeah. it's probably because you're getting set up for, like you said. Yeah, or you're a little thick-headed, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think sometimes people say, oh, you're really spiritual, God. does said, no, maybe I'm really stupid. And God had to say, i, I got to show this guy. He, says, he doesn't get it, you know. He can't take a hint, you know. But, but you bring up a good point. When you think of the times in the Bible, and I like to remind people, you know, like the book of Acts uh, is over about a 30-year period, I think. Yes, from what yeah. So, so we're seeing the highlight reel of yeah. God's activity. Yeah. It's not every single day that no. Peter's having a vision. Right. You know, it, but it's it's a it's an epoch. It, it's a it's a significant moment in right. church history or in our personal yeah. histories when the Lord will speak to us about things that are huge, like defining moments, shifting moments, yeah. uh, divine calls. Uh, but you said day to day, let's get into our word and the presence of the Holy Spirit and let's let God's word speak to us. Yes. Uh, clearly about who we are, what we're to do. Right. And like, you know, love your neighbor. Yeah. God doesn't have to restate that yes. every day to us. It's like in the book, like we yeah. got to do it. Right. So the Lord, give me Holy Spirit ideas on how to love my neighbor, not just right. I love my neighbor mentality. Exactly. But the thing I think that helps people, Pastor Ronnie, you talked about this a little bit earlier was, you know, I, I, I think we get maybe hyper-spiritual about vision. And so what I like to say to people is, what are your values? Like, what is important to you? That is the culture, that is the DNA of your vision. Now work that out. The one thing I love about, about Living Stones is what you guys are doing is simply walking out your values. This is important to us, so this is what we do. That's good. Like I said, I was grinning today. You were up there you know, making some, what people would call announcements. I call it vision casting. But everything you were talking about, I could connect the dots to the values of this church. In fact, we, we really try hard not to do anything that's not... It's the guardrails again. Yes, right? you, you're doing you, it on purpose. You can't be everything to yeah, everyone. Because you got a thousand ideas, you got a thousand people that yeah. have good ideas, and they're mostly good ideas. Yeah. What do we promote? Well, the National Band of Brothers, because we, we know that our church is only going to be as strong as our men. So yeah. so we believe yes. in that. Uh, we're going to encourage men to get to an encounter because broken men need to be healed and we're all broken. Yeah, We're going to do a daddy-daughter dance because yeah. we want we want to create strong families and, yeah. and strong relationships between dads and their yeah. kids in this particular mm -hmm. situation, daughters. Mm -hmm. So missions, I mean, everything that we're doing, there is a reason behind it. And um, mm -hmm. and I think that's very important. So, so for you, what does that mean? It means... Know what your values are. Know what know what your passion areas are. Mm -hmm. Stay in your. I like to say, stay stay in your lane. Stay doing what you love to do and what make energizes you and, and brings life to you. Those yeah. are those areas that that you need to keep running in because that's yeah. how God wired you. And and, and and try to put the color on that. You know, sometimes when you write something out, it's black and white when you write it out. Love your neighbors. Good example. Right. Well, you know, you have some gifts and talents. God has positioned you in your neighborhood or or your job, when you change your perspective and you start looking at that from the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden something's highlighted. You just took a very simple value and now you're gonna have corresponding actions. You're gonna have guardrails say, oh, this is how I can love my neighbor, not just how we love our neighbors. That's good. Something specific to you. Yes. I love that. We know that we know the 40,000 foot mark, love your neighbor, but how am I doing that in yes. practical terms? So even there, when we read the Bible, let the Bible read you. 
In other words, what's God saying to you through the scriptures that you need to, to be quick to act on? Mm -hmm. And if you'll act on the word, more revelation comes, greater yeah. detail in your vision comes, even an expansion yeah. of the vision. No, you were. It's funny because the examples you were given about the, the parable of the, 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 the stewards, right? Mm -hmm. The minus. The, the, we just were preaching on that last Sunday. Oh, really? So I was cracking up how the Holy Spirit wants to yeah. reemphasize. We were talking about responsibility and, yeah. and, and doing what God's put in your heart, being faithful with the, the minor that you've been given yes. and not bearing it yeah uh and i think a lot of that has to do with vision people might be going man i just don't have a vision for my life <clears throat> i always tell people go back to the last time god spoke and figure out right. if, you, if you obeyed what he told you to yeah. do because uh, God's not God's not going to waste his breath uh, reminding us of things that uh we've yeah. been disobedient if you'll just have quiet time with the lord and let him highlight what's important to you what rings your bell what floats your boat that's values and try to articulate that, that in an action plan. Like, where do you want that value to go? What is the end result of loving your neighbor? What's the end result of being out of debt? You know, we didn't want to be out of debt so we could drive a nicer car. We wanted to be out of debt so we could go wherever God told us sure. to go. Sure. You weren't locked into having right. to pay a bill. Uh, you yeah. were free to move. And so in 45 years of ministry, every time we felt God say yes, we were able to respond in faith and say, go. Yeah. Whether it was to the Soviet Union, whether it was to Egypt, whether it was to Norway, or whether it was across the street, yeah. we could, we could, that was the vision. That was the purpose of not eating out. That was the right. purpose of not buying a new car. It wasn't just self-discipline and so we could have money to retire on. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a benefit. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of the cherry on top, but it was so we could say yes, that was the goal. Yeah. And by God's grace, we've been able to say yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love, you know, you talked about getting getting on the ramparts, changing your position, seeing more clearly. Um, and then uh, you talked about writing the vision, you know, mm -hmm. hearing, hearing. And then the next part was about writing. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of writing? Why, do, why does God tell us to, to actually pull out, you know, maybe a journal or whatever yeah. and, and put some notes down? Yeah, well... To get outward clarity, you have to have inward conviction. Mm -hmm. So when you're writing that, it, you're clarifying for yourself. Yeah. And again, I, I think there's a lot of confusion. People think when you have a vision, you have this great master plan. And the truth is, if you know the next step, you're not lacking direction. Mm -hmm. And many times in my life, one big things that have happened, happened because I literally knew one step. Yeah. Or in some cases, I knew not what to do. You know, I'm not going to do that. Right. Yeah. I don't know yet how to, what I do, what I'm supposed to do, but I know yeah. I'm not going to do X, Y, yeah. or Z. That's helpful. Too. Yeah. A, a lack of faith will masquerade in perfectionism sometimes. Mm, that's good. Where we have to know everything before we do anything. Right. And, you know, I, I quoted General Patton this morning. You know, he said, a, a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. And, you know, the path of the righteous, is, again, is brighter and brighter. So as we take that step, God adjusts. He maneuvers us. Uh, that's how vision is fulfilled. It's not like I got this master plan. Here's three points. We're going to do this, this. That's not usually how it happens. Even if we have a plan like that, I guarantee you it's always going to be tweaked. Right. So taking that next step in faith because you know where you're going. You may not know how you're going to get there. But you know where you're going, and I'm committed to that process. That's good. 
I like what you said. Sometimes the whole uh, that perfectionism thing is really a fear of failure, and it paralyzes. It paralyzes us. you. And uh, and so we we might have a a decent plan today. It might not be a perfect plan, but but it's a plan. Work the plan. Yeah, and uh, God will God will perfect it. He will tweak it. He will. You know, obedience produces vision, and vision produces provision. Whether it's people, or talent, or finances, or opportunity, that's our life. We just made radical decisions of obedience, and when we did, the vision exploded. When the vision exploded, the provision came. That's good. You know, we encourage people throughout this whole now campaign. We call it for our for our camp capital campaign, uh, just to do just what you taught us. Yep. Uh, Make make a conviction that you're going to be a part in some yeah. way. Uh, get before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord to give you a number, how much you're to give. Yes. Don't question the number because undoubtedly uh, and invariably it will be more than we ever thought or dreamed. Yeah, the devil's never going to ask you to give sacrificial. Exactly. And neither is your flesh. <laughs> Absolutely. But your, but your spouse, when you... Bounce it off your spouse. It's amazing how the number that they have will it, be the same number or it's bigger. Unbelievable, isn't it? We were we were Penny and I were having this discussion here about a certain financial thing we wanted to do. And she said, "What are you thinking?" And I told her, she goes, wow, that's great. You know, sometimes it's hers, you know, but I came up with a higher number this time, you know. But here's the cool thing. When it's the Lord's vision, and that's what we're asking for, then it's God's responsibility for the provision. So we tell people, this is not like you're signing a a debt or something or giving your house away. No. We're just saying, Lord, we believe this is what you have to put in our yeah. hearts. So we're going to trust you for the provision. Yeah. And yeah. then it's amazing how I, I, I can tell yeah. story after story of how people, including our own stories, how when you step out of faith, God begins to do the supernatural. And then it's so exciting. Yeah. And that's really what I think vision is all about, partnering with the Lord for a preferred future that only he knows how to get there and only he has a provision to get yes. you there. That's what keeps it really exciting. Yeah. Uh, so praise God for that. You know, at Living Stones, and this is the other thing, Pastor Keith was saying, you don't have to have this elaborate, detailed vision. Sometimes there's the genius in life is in the simplicity. Yeah. You know, at Living Stones, we just do two things. We're going to grow people. That is so simple. Grow people. Help people grow in their love for God. Grow in how they how they you know conduct themselves in their marriage. Grow in their character. Grow in their ability to love other people. Just We found that growing people are happy people. Uh, and then we're going to multiply leaders. In other words, whatever God's doing in you that's good and it's kingdom, we want you to learn mm-hmm. to pour that in. That's what's really the discipleship process. Reproduce what God's done in you. Raise up other people who have the same gifting, anointing abilities that you have. So what do we do at Livingstone? Grow people, multiply leaders. It's so simple. And yet those two, if we do those two things, the scope of our vision will be unbelievable. The outreach, the impact um, will be unbelievable. So that's what we just try to really, really drill deep on. How do we love people really well? How to, Instead of growing a ministry, we stopped doing that years ago. We're not going to try growing a ministry. We just want to grow you. Yes. If, if we grow you. But see, that's your value. That's your heart. That's your legacy that came from your parents. You know, and that you've watered and you've defined and now you have ideas like how to do that. So you're loving people, not just randomly, you're loving people intentionally. Exactly. You're growing people. Like we sat with the leaders last night and I walked through. I said, okay, tell me what you're doing. When they walked me through what each one of them were doing on purpose, names, dates, places. Right. See, that's planting a garden intentionally. Right. 
every everyone under the growing people multiplying leaders understands they have very detailed responsibilities about what that looks like for, yes. their, for their area whether right. it's youth or marriages yeah. or, or whatever it is but but that's the beauty of it, though that that those growing people is one guardrail and multiplying mm -hmm. leaders is the other guardrail yeah. and we're not going to do it if it, yeah. it doesn't involve those two broad yes. visions yes you know and that gives us a lot of freedom so anyway i hope this has been helpful to you um in terms of practically living out uh, and taking really your, your calling to the next level this year. We don't do this in isolation either. That's why I was so grateful to see, my goodness, probably 150 men out on this cold January morning because uh, we understand, that's another conviction here at Living Cells, we understand the value of relationships. I can't be who God's called me to be apart from me. I need you in my life and, and you need other men in your life. And sure. um, we need to be connected. So be connected this year. You know, be connected on Sunday morning. Be connected in a small group, yes. a life group. Come out to these extra things where you can receive ongoing vision and impartation and where you can be loved. Uh, I was talking with some men even this morning that were just so excited. One guy came up to me and he said, Pastor, I just want you to know, normally I'm very slow in getting involved. He said, but I'm jumping in with both feet. Hallelujah. Um, that's because he senses an atmosphere where, you know what, it's yeah. okay. I can trust. I can grow. I'm in a good mm -hmm. place. I'm surrounded by a bunch of men that are pursuing the same vision. Uh, and I love to hear that as a pastor because something happened in his heart where now he's got a vision to not be so timid and not to be, uh, you know, st standing back, watching. He's ready to jump in and be involved. In, and I know he's going to grow. I can, I know for a fact this is going to be an amazing year of growth for him. Talk uh, lastly, talk a little bit about your amazing book. Uh, oh, my book, and how people can access it. You know, you <laughs> um, can you can pick up a copy if okay. you come to church yeah, tomorrow. But you're not going. By the time you see this, tomorrow will not be tomorrow. It'll yeah, be it'll be it'll be gone. Well, they know, it's called the God Who Intervenes. Okay, and it's basically the biography of my life and how God intervened miraculously in my life and I just tell stories and use them as teaching moments it's a very easy read a lot of people picked up books that I couldn't put it down I just read it right oh, yeah. through it's about 120 pages it's not you know it's not an encyclopedia and, and you tell great stories but in the midst of all those amazing stories you you intertwine some incredible principles yes I try to you know like what I'm going to be preaching about tomorrow that the you know is em embracing the supernatural and uh, I think a lot of times we miss divine opportunities mm -hmm. And, uh, and I just highlight some of those things that happened over the years. I've been encouraged, you know, you need to tell that story. You need to tell that story. So I told the story. I told the story. I told the story. <laughs> yeah, just, it's God's story. It's not my story. But, but, it, but it is a journey of how God's yeah. hand has been on your life, bringing yeah. you through some, you know, remarkably difficult yeah. situations. And now how he's turned into such a blessing yeah. for so many people. So I, I'm grateful for the grace of God on your life because I've been a recipient of, yeah. uh, of your life and ministry of course your lovely wife penny is with us as well and penny penny came out with her first book yes and, and she's not selling me by the way <laughs> <laughs> i tried to help you out this morning <laughs> you did but she'll she'll overtake me tomorrow i'm sure and more people want to hear from her you know one of penny's life messages is just on uh, valuing people and relationships and she she does a great job of just you know loving people yeah and, and you guys make a dynamic team so so her book is love leadership and uh or love love and, influence, influence and, leadership, yeah. and it's on if you go to nrpastors.com you can get either book on there okay. yeah in our pastors of course that's the network of related pastors of which living stones is a part of 
and uh, and you'll find all kinds of resources on that page, yeah. not just those books, but events that are coming up and all kinds of things to, to really help you grow as a person. So any last volley for our audience today uh, as a final thought, final word of encouragement? Well, Jesus said, I'll build my church yeah. and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So if Jesus is building his church, we ought to be building what he's building. Amen. And the, the authenticity of our vision can be tested about is, are we using that to build the local church? That's good. That's good. So here, here's my, my plea to you as a pastor. If, if God is committed to working his mission out on planet Earth through his redeemed people, his bride, which is the local church, then we should be locking arms together mm -hmm. and we should be moving forward in that larger vision. Now, under that umbrella of the larger vision, you're going to have unique gifts and callings and and things that you know you're what there's you literally are one of a kind this is not a cookie cutter kind of thing you are one of a kind there's never been anybody like you there never will be anybody exactly mm -hmm. like you so you're valuable you're unique you're precious and you you're going to express that in a unique way but you're going to fit in like a puzzle piece into a larger mosaic that god is developing um and so i appreciate you know pastor keith's commitment to the local church that's why we love one another that's why we're building together um, but man, do that this year. Jump in. Uh, be like that guy I told you about. Jump in with both feet. Don't be don't be hesitant. Find a great place where you can be loved and cared for. But then let's start building the Lord's vision. If you'll build the Lord's vision, I love what he, David said. You know, God said to him, "You're concerned about building my house. Watch this. I'm going to build your house." You know, God always takes care of our needs when we seek yeah. first the kingdom and His righteousness. All these other things are added to us. So. Um, be a part of making your life line up with the vision of God. And in doing so, you'll live a rich and full and blessed life. Amen. So thanks for tuning in today, Pastor Keith. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. And being with us. I pray this has been encouraging to you. We always love your comments. And of course, help us get the word out. Uh, spread this far and wide to folks that you know could use some encouragement regarding developing a vision for this for this coming year. I pray that this would be very, very helpful in the days and weeks ahead. And again, thank you for tuning in. Until next week, uh, Thursday, thanks for tuning in to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We hope you've been blessed. Have Amen. a great day.